So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cashew with Adam Goslin. Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashew, alongside a man who is far from his first compliance Noel, Mr. Adam Goslin. How the heck are you, sir? I am doing great today. Hard to be great. Hard to be great. But today, we're actually going to talk about a spicy topic. And I say spicy because it's something that's been on everybody's tongue recently. And that is how to succeed with network diagrams. Let's start with the basics. Adam, tell me more about what a network diagram is for the listeners that, you know, don't know or that are not necessarily responsible for that in their organization. Okie dokie. So when, uh, what is a network diagram? When you got a, when you have a network, uh, you have places where all of your devices reside. Um, You know, sometimes you've got physical hosts, sometimes there's virtual hosts, um, you know, in, in either case, whether it's a physical or a virtual network, um, you know, the network sits somewhere. Uh, and the network diagram just visually depicts um, the connectivity between uh, your network and other systems, as well as interactivity between you know, various systems that are on your network. So, you know, the diagram, um, the diagram will show, uh, the diagram will show a couple of different things. It'll show the physical layout of your, of your network, aka where, where are things, where do they reside, you know, et cetera, how do they, you know, kind of, you know, physically connect, uh, as well as um, the, lo- the logical segmentation of it. So that physical physical network diagram um, that we were talking about a minute ago, it just shows where, where everything's located, uh, that interact connectivity, um, things like connected vendors, external systems that your, that your system interacts with, you know, uh, methods that clients, employees, vendors are using to connect in. Uh, and where that logical, uh, kind of the logical network, um, that's really, you know, it's the logical connections between systems, um, you know, and as well as the various ways to segment uh, that that particular landscape. So, you know, it's depicting how the network is segmented, what devices are grouped together. You know, in a typical environment, there are all sorts of different devices. You know, there's file servers, or email servers, authentication servers. So an example, um, you know, a web, as an example, a web server would reside in one particular network segment and, you know, that particular segment is allowed access to the internet. Uh, where uh, where a database server that sits on you know really an internal network segment that doesn't have access to the internet but allows connectivity between the segment where the database server is and the and the segment where the where the web application um, you know server is so that's kind of an overview of the you know the high level high level overview of the net, uh, kind of the network diagram sure okay um. Well, I guess the next logical question there is why is the network diagram important? 
Well, number one, almost every compliance standard requires you to keep and maintain an accurate network diagram. Um, why? Well, because it's it's considered to be one of the core elements of your compliance documentation. It's you know it's also important for daily business operations. You know, as you're going through modifying your environment, you you know you now can visually kind of see where is everything, where do I have stuff, what all's connected to what. You know, it it makes it really easy for as a reference tool to be able to go in. Look, hey, if I wanted to make changes, you know, whatever, I want to, I want to replace this system. Well, now I can go in and I've got, I've got a visual aid to be able to say, well, what are all the ripple impacts of me, you know, yanking out this thing and, you know, go put in, putting a new one in its place. Now I can kind of tell what other, what other systems are interfacing, interacting communicating, connected, dependent, you know, et cetera, you know, and it's a, you know, another tool um, that, you know, that allows an organization to make sure that they aren't overlooking, you know, any particular systems that, you know, that, uh, that may be impacted as they're, you know, as they're managing, maintaining. Now, what level of detail should be included in a network diagram? I think I think that that's an important question to ask at this point. Well, it, it's tempting for folks to you know to just hey, put everything under the sun on the network diagram, you know. But you know, it depending, it, it honestly it depends on the scale of the organization, right? If I'm a if I'm a smaller shop and I've got you know whatever eight eight total assets that I need to you know need to go ahead and represent on my network diagram. Well, that's going to be a whole scale different, you know, notion than an organization that has 1500, you know, things that it needs to depict on its network diagram. So, you know, it, it, at some point in the game, you know, you, you know, we were talking about people just throwing everything into the network diagram, but at some point in the game, you just have too much information so that, you know, the usefulness of being able to use it as a reference tool and be able to clearly see and understand what's up, you know, et cetera, starts to get lost. Um, so, you know, often organizations will use have a high level network diagram to give an overview of that of that network landscape. So as an example, let's say you've got, you know, 70 different remote employees, you know, one could go ahead and put 67 little bubbles showing remote employees and them connecting in, etc., or make it easy on yourself and depict it philosophically. There's a bubble that represents the remote workers and their connectivity in, et cetera. Um, you know, you can you can then add, you know, some type of a reference number at that point on the network diagram. So and then have a secondary tracking sheet so that you can, you know, yes, you still have your list of your 70 employees with remote access over here, but you know, I, you know, I it's not blurring the lines on your your, you know, kind of on your network diagram. You know, in some cases, organizations will choose, you know, to create that additional kind of absolute network diagram, you know, of their environment. And it, my recommendation would be if you if you're in a com complex uh, arena, create that high level so that you've got something you, you know that's usable for discussions and plannings and you know things along those lines as well as to support your compliance stuff and then separately maintain that um, you know kind of really detailed granular level you know type type diagram but what I've found generally speaking is that most organizations don't 
bring it to that level of an extreme where they're literally putting all 70 of the remote people on their diagram, um, you know, type of thing. Um, the detailed diagram does create a, a lot more work for the organization, um, you know, and, and, you know, if you're in that kind of high, you know, high range or high level network diagram, there's a lot less in terms of modifications and changes that would then thereby impact it. Or if you're at that, you know, monumental detail level, um, then just about everything that happens within the environment is going to impact it. Well, <laughs> what types of things should be on the physical versus the logical network diagram? Well, on your physical network diagram, the, the objective here is to include every type of type of device and type of system that you've got. Um, you also want to add indicators for, you know, how are connections being made, um, especially on a physical network diagram. You know, a lot of the things that are going to be on there are going to be, you know, external, um, you know, to the organization depicting those. So the remote employee connectivity, connected vendors, systems that we use, et cetera. Um, you know, so, you know, on, on there, making sure that you've got the indicators for the connections being made, how they're being made, okay, over what ports, you know, are those coming across? Um, you know, you also want to have the information and, um, you know, kind of clear about, you know, so what all is, is, is moving from the outside toward the inside of the, you know, of the network at a, you know, at a high level at the, at that kind of physical level, et cetera. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you've got the IP addresses for any of those assets, you know, on that network diagram, you know, including all of their, you know, their externals and their internals on that, you know, kind of physical, uh, physical network diagram. On the logical network diagram, you know, you, you again, you could have a, a many devices in a particular segment, you know, that, that choice of, of easing up or, you know, putting representations within there of, you know, areas where you have a ton of redundancy, um, you know, make sure that you can go in and leverage that again with the references to secondary sheets, et cetera, um, you know, and whatnot. Um, but you, for each of the segments, you want to make sure that you've got, you know, philosophically what all's in that segment. Um, you know, you've got all your references in there to two secondaries. Um, you definitely want to be able to make sure that you've got, whether it's within the segment or outside of the segment. Uh, yeah, sorry, let me restate that. Whether it's within the segment because you don't have a ton of devices or if you have that reference, then on the reference point, making sure you've got the IP addresses for, you know, kind of everything in those various, uh, you know, various segments. So, you know, you could depict, you know, the, the workstations philosophically go out to the secondary sheet and then, uh, you know, and then be able to leverage that. Now, what I'll see a lot of times what will happen is that organizations will take advantage of the fact that, hey, we already have an inventory that, you know, has to, you know, that we have to manage and maintain anyway. So what they'll do is, is when they put those reference points onto their, um, uh, when they put those reference points onto their network diagram, they'll actually reference back to the inventory to give them one last asset that they have to, you know, go ahead and, and manu manually maintain, manually or automated, automated fashion maintain. Um, the key there is just making sure 
that you can clearly tell on that network diagram what are the elements that would have gone into that network segment some way shape or form kind of making that uh making that connection um as you're as you're putting together the documentation because one thing that, that, that folks need to realize is that they need to uh you know at some point in the game somebody else is going to go in and look at this thing aka your assessor whatever they have right. to be able to actually understand you know the hieroglyphics that you know the that that constitutes this compendium of internal yeah. knowledge so you know just make sure that you get it buttoned up but a lot of times what i'll do uh what, what i'll recommend to folks is with those network diagrams is almost you almost need a fresh pair of eyes and have them go in and look at it and, you know obviously i you can't take somebody that's completely non-technical and go hand them a network diagram and expect them to be able to understand it but Take somebody that's semi-technical that knows enough to be able to, you know, be able to kind of understand it. Have them look through it and ask dumb questions. Um, you know, you know, poking and prodding at comprehension of the of what you put together. Um, using them as a sounding board, is, uh -huh. you know, is often often a good step. And especially if you have, uh, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have the uh, the advantage of a consultant, definitely leverage them as a sounding board for. Hey, does this make sense? How can I make this a little bit, you know, kind of easier to get through? Because at the end of the day, if the if the you know that you want the assessors to be able to understand it, you want your internal personnel to be able to understand it. Um, you know, it's important to kind of have that that purview of comprehension, you know, across you know all those spectrums. Well, I mean, that actually leads to a really great point that you you brought up kind of briefly in there, <clears throat> and that is kind of maintaining this so tell me more about the maintenance of the network diagram well you know it's 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 not enough to just go hey we create back in 2015 we created a network diagram you know bottom line is is it needs to be maintained for most for most of the compliance uh, certifications out there there's a there's a requirement to at least once or twice a year um, that you know you need to sanity check your network diagram etc now that said what I recommend to folks to hey go in you know go poke your nose in at your network diagram like once a year uh, especially in some I, I mean I've seen some organizations where the pace of change is just uh, is just breathtaking um, and so do you really want to have to go back and reassimilate uh, you know an entire year's worth of that pace of change no. Um, yeah, I mean, I urge clients to listen, if you're making modifications that are going to affect your diagram. And again, this goes back to that earlier comment that we were talking about, about what level of detail, right? Mm -hmm. If I've got every individual workstation on there with the names of the personnel that they were assigned to and their presently assigned IP addresses, et cetera, that means every single time that I have somebody leaves the company, joins the company, now I got to go update the network diagram so that's why most organizations kind of take that take that middle ground middle ground stance um, sure. but every single time that you have a change that impacts that diagram as part of your change control integrate it right in there so as you're going in as you're rolling through change control you know one of the steps is i need to make up associative updates to any associated documentation 
make sure your network diagrams on that list so that you just update it as you go that way when you get to um you know you you want to mirror the your change control off to your documentation as you go because it's going to make it so much easier as you're going through the process everything's always up to date um you know it, it it's going to save time when you're going through that kind of periodic review the twice sure. a year once a year etc where we have to just sanity check it etc you know it's going to make that easier um it's also you know kind of an active protection mechanism for the company you know every you know from time to time you know you do want to go in and, and sanity check it but you, you want to make sure you've got something that's valid um so that you can um you know so that you can leverage it in that day by day we were talking about earlier you know, depending depending on you know, if the organization only does this update every now and then, you know, depending on what's missing, you know, inaccurate network diagrams or ones that don't line up with other internal documentation that could have significant ripple impacts if you know somebody's you know basically you know depending on it. So you know if your if your network diagram you know we talked about kind of aligning to all of your internal you know stuff. I'll just give you an example. You know if you got items on your network diagram that aren't in your inventory, but your inventory is being used to uh, drive assessor sampling and evidence collection. Now you could have some seriously expensive ripple impacts if the assessor you know deems that they now need to perform additional sampling because they now were had miscounts off of your you know kind of off of your inventory not only are the is the assessor justifiably going to come back and and say well you know we're gonna have to do a whole bunch of rework you know so you know you hear the truck beeping as it backs up and they dump the you know dump the new invoice off to you um you know you don't you just you don't want to be in you know be in there so you know, one of the things that I, that I really recommend to folks is when they're going through, you know, we talked earlier about making all your associative internal updates to documentation as you go. Uh, and that would include all of the things I'm about to talk about. But when you're going through and doing that, you know, kind of annual or semi-annual um, sanity check, don't just go in and look at your network diagram and go, oh, it looks right. Um, but compare it. Compare it to your firewall rules, compare it to your device inventory, compare it to your list of service providers. Take those four and come bounce them off one another uh, when you go through to do that periodic review um, and make sure that you don't have any discrepancies you know, between there. Um, you know, the, the, the upside is if you go through and you uh, and you and you go through and do that type of a of a sanity check, you know you're almost bound to uh, to find some form of inconsistency. You know, human being, you know, human beings are human beings. They make mistakes. Uh, they drop balls. What are you going to do? Uh, the bottom line is is that you, you want this stuff to be you know to be all in lockstep um, because um, you, if you don't. Your 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 assessor is going to be comparing them when they go come in to do the annual you know the annual assessment, you know. The, but the last thing on earth you want is you don't want the assessor being the one to say, "Hey, I'm seeing things on this that don't match here," you know, etc. Um, you know, the when they find just when assessors find discrepancies in your documentation, you know, 
it erodes it erodes trust uh it leads mm -hmm. to further questions deeper lines of questioning you know etc you you just it's a hell of a lot easier to go take care of it all on the front end than you know having <laughs> your you know having your assessor feeling like they need to do a cavity search you know what i mean it, it, it's <laughs> definitely a, that's, that's the last damn thing on earth anybody wants <laughs> parting shots and thoughts for the folks this week adam yeah, I mean, bottom line, I, I think I drilled it home as we were kind of going through the, you know, going through the discussion. But your network diagram is essential. It, it's important. A lot of people, you know, really are dismissive of that, of that, of that network diagram. And uh, I, I, I look at it as it's an important part of the, you know, kind of the core suite of documentation. You know, the secret, the secret really is, you know, put what you need to on there without going absolutely nuts. Um, but and and keeping it uh, current throughout the year, you know, for you know, for, for uh, I've seen companies that failed to keep their network diagram up to speed, um, and the assessor happened to get get a hold of it, you know, in advance of them getting it kind of you know uh, aligned, if you will, uh, and it led to some really serious headaches, um, both both with their assessors and their pocketbooks. So, you know, if you if you do take compliance seriously then a kick-ass network diagram should be an easy one. Well, that right there, that's a good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashel. And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we helped to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.